Welcome to Process This, a podcast for the sterile processing community. The Healthcare Sterile Processing Association, HSPA, invites you to log on, listen and learn twice a month. Now it's time to process this with your host, clinical educator, John Wood. Welcome to the Process This Podcast. This is episode number 76. Thanks for joining me. I hope you're doing well. Well, Turkey Day is over. I hope you enjoyed the holiday break. It's always nice when you can enjoy some good Turkey Day food, have fun with family, and watch America's favorite football team, the Dallas Cowboys, whoop up on those Giants. How about them Cowboys? Not to mention watching the group stage World Cup action. It doesn't get any better than that. By the way, it's soccer, not football. Why? Why you ask? Well, it's all due to the Brits. Thanks to the Brits. Look it up. History.com. Well, today on the show, we are talking about communication. So have you ever worked in a place that had poor communication? Well, I remember times uh, when the operating room scheduling team would change a procedure and not tell the sterile processing staff. So sterile processing would pull the case, pull the supplies, the instrumentation, have everything ready for that crucial first case start. Patient comes in, patient's on the bed, only to find out that the procedure was changed. Poor communication. Or there's another time when facilities had a planned steam shutdown and forgot to tell sterile processing, right? So nothing could be steam sterilized. Poor communication. You know, poor communication can be stressful. Ultimately, it leads to poor patient outcomes. So one of the things I firmly believe is that 50%, eh, it's a rough number, 50% of all poor outcomes or issues in sterile processing can be contributed to poor communication. And it goes both ways, right? So it's not just the OR, it's not just facilities. We are a part of that problem as well. But hey, there is good news. We, the royal we in sterile processing, we can do better. We can change. We can improve our communication skills. So today we're going to look at some articles that focus primarily on communication. All right, the first article I want to look at today on communication is titled The Importance of Effective Communication. So to be a successful healthcare professional or leader, you need exceptional communication skills. You need to be able to use your communication skills during these high stress situations that we find ourselves in sterile processing. Well, first, why is communication important? So having good communication skills is essential to collaborating with teams, collaborating with your fellow colleagues, communication with other folks from other disciplines. 
other departments. Sterile processing technicians, who take the time to listen and understand the concerns of each of their customers and their coworkers, are better prepared to address issues as they arise that ultimately result in better patient outcomes. And isn't that what we all want? On the other hand, poor communication or the lack of communication in healthcare can lead to misunderstandings, right? Failing to follow directions, failing to follow protocols or have a protocol deviation. It can also lead to workflow breakdowns on the team resulting in medical errors. Additionally, healthcare communication competencies offer a primary means for establishing a trusting, collaborative relationship with teams and customers. Interpersonal communication skills influence the quality of decisions made, as well as the level of employee motivation to follow protocols and achieve desired clinical outcomes. So we're going to talk about nine effective communication skills, and those are in no particular order, verbal communication, active listening, written communication, nonverbal communication, presentation skills, education, cultural awareness, personal connections, and trust. Again, those are in no particular order as we move on. So good communication in healthcare means approaching every interaction with the intention to understand the concerns, experiences, and opinions. This includes using nonverbal and verbal communication skills along with active listening and other techniques as we've discussed. So let's start with the verbal communication. So excellent verbal communication is key. You want to aim to always speak with clarity, accuracy, and honesty. It is also important to know your audience and speak appropriately according to the person's age, culture, and level of health literacy. If you are feeling stressed or frustrated, be aware of your tone of voice. Don't let these emotions leak into your interactions. Speak in clear, complete sentences and avoid technical jargon that might only be used in sterile processing. Number two, nonverbal communication. Using elements of nonverbal communication, and those include facial expressions, eye contact, body language, gestures, posture, tone of voice. Things that you can do that go a long way is show interest in what is being said by maintaining eye contact and nodding your head. Smile, but don't stare. Sit down when you can. Lean forward to show that you are engaged. And then use non-threatening body language that conveys openness. So some good tips there. Next is active listening. Active listening means listening in order to understand the other person's experience. The highest and most effective form of listening requires complete attention and engagement. This skill is an important tool for building trust and commitment with staff and your customers. Active listening includes both verbal and nonverbal communication skills. So after I've had my turkey on turkey day 
and I'm feeling a little bit sleepy or watching the cowboy game, I'm not actively listening to any other conversations. I'm focused on either one, trying to stay awake, or two, watching the Cowboys whoop up on the Giants. So active listening is important. If you want me to listen while I'm watching a football game, you're going to have to turn off the football game or pause it. Or if I'm watching the World Cup, you're going to have to pause so I can actively participate in the conversation. Otherwise, I'm not hearing what you're saying. So some examples that you can do to show that you are actively listening. Nod your head, but never interrupt. Lean forward again and maintain eye contact to let the other person know that you're engaged. Include minimal verbal encouragement, such as, I understand, and go on. Next, we come to written communication. Written communication skills are essential for effective communication. As a sterile processing professional, you will be responsible for creating and updating important sterile processing documentation. So it is critical that the documentation is accurate and current so your patients can receive the best possible care. Some tips, make notes immediately so you don't forget anything. Write legibly and clearly using simple language. Be sure to note accurate times and dates. Next, we move on to presentation skills. Effective presentation skills are most applicable during handover or shift change. These skills will also help you demonstrate your knowledge and expertise clearly in a variety of workplace settings, such as communication turnover requests, when they need a quick turnover in the operating room, being able to clearly understand the instructions and pass on those instructions. Presentation skills are will be helpful at any type of in-service that you may give or if you're participating in a job interview and much, much more. So it's a good idea to plan out your presentation or practice if you're going for a job interview or presenting at a staff in-service. Pay attention to both your verbal communication and body language. Add visuals to your presentation for better explanation. Understand your audience and know what they want and need from the communication. So if they need a turnover in the OR and it needs to be stat or immediate, understand your audience who you're talking to, right? They may have a patient on the table. So understand your audience and be able to communicate that to others. Next, we're going to talk about read back, which is going to fall under the education topic. So reading back is an effective communication strategy where managers, staff, and customers ask you to repeat the information back to them. You know, this method improves understanding and encourages adherence to instructions. Poor understanding of information can lead to misunderstandings and incorrect tasks being performed. Our next topic is making personal connections. It's important to get to know the person behind the request. Customer-centered relationships are critical in helping our customers feel safe and comfortable with the task that they are requesting. Creating meaningful connections can improve outcomes and trust. Some ideas, 
Spend a couple extra minutes every day with staff or your customers getting to know them. Show interest in their lives or share stories of your own. Trust. It is important for sterile processing professionals to inspire trust in customers by listening actively and taking every complaint and concern seriously. Building trust takes time. Healthcare settings can be high stress and demanding. It's important to make every customer feel confident in the services that sterile processing provides. And you can do this by always telling the truth. Share information openly. Be willing to admit mistakes. And then last on the list is cultural awareness. You will likely work with people every day who come from a wide range of social, cultural, and educational backgrounds. Every customer and coworker is unique, and it is important to be aware and sensitive to those unique characteristics of these folks. So good article, good tips for communication. Um, I have another article if we have time for it, it looks like we do. So I have another article and it is improving communication in the work area. Now this is one of the CRCST lesson plans that you can find in the process magazine and it's lesson plan, I believe number 174. So the learning objectives for this is to identify ways that coworkers communicate on the job, examine roadblocks, to good communication, list strategies to improve communication in sterile processing. So the article reads, it is impossible to complete a shift in sterile processing without communicating. In fact, the entire department's operations depend on communication. Each work area connects with other work areas to achieve the overall goals of the department. While it is true that communication takes place constantly in the sterile processing department, not all communication is clear, concise, and helpful as it could be. This lesson will examine common communication issues and explore ways to improve communication that will lead to quality improvement. So going on our first objective, identify ways that coworkers communicate on the job. Employees communicate continually throughout their work shift. That communication helps provide smooth operations and in some cases protects patients from errors. Both the verbal and written communications are common in any sterile processing work area. Verbal communication is the most common form of communication and it can be as simple as communicating the need to prioritize a specific instrument or tray or asking for help to determine whether an instrument is functioning properly. Verbal communication should contain a clear message. For example, when leaving for a break or at the end of a shift, a sterile processing technician may let the person covering the assembly area Know that there are priority instruments in a specific washer disinfector. So clear verbal communication can reduce frustration and enhance service and quality. 
Nonverbal communication also takes place in the work area. It may be as simple as a smile between technicians when they have completed an assignment, or perhaps something more unpleasant, such as an eye roll or a grimace when someone asks a question or makes an error. All technicians should be aware of the nonverbal communication they exhibit and strive to make it positive. Written communication, also a significant part of the daily work, may include notes to various work areas, documentation, and record keeping. For example, if an instrument is pulled from the backup stock and is not documented as used, the count in the backup area can be affected, resulting in unavailable instruments when additional backup stock is needed. Other forms of written communication used on all shifts include procedures, checklist, assembly instructions, and manufacturer's instructions for use. Technicians use procedures to ensure that they are following the exact steps for a specific process. Assembly instructions are used to help ensure that trays are checked, tested, and assembled in a manner that ensures a complete and correct tray for a specific procedure. Failure to provide clear, concise written instructions may lead to errors. If an instrument tray or count sheet calls for two ribbon retractors but does not indicate a specific size, well, there is a good chance that the tray may be assembled with incorrect contents. Manufacturers IFUs are not written by the facility, but may need clarification from the vendor if the information is difficult for the sterile processing professional to understand. Written communication must be delivered in a timely manner. If a change is made to a process, procedure, or instrument tray listing, again our count sheet, for example, that change must be reflected in the written documents that are used. Failure to do so creates confusion and increase in the risk of errors. Written communication often sets a standard or practice for the entire shift, work area, or department. It must be clearly worded and proofread to ensure it provides correct and understandable information for each reader. Our next objective, examine roadblocks to good communication. There are several reasons why communication is difficult in the sterile processing department. The physical space is often compartmentalized and most of the time machines are running which creates significant background noise. Other sounds such as conversations, intercoms, and background music can create a situation where it is difficult to hear. It is important to note that when staff members are wearing masks, sounds may become muffled and it is not possible to read the speaker's lips or see facial expressions. Along with significant background noise, others may be concentrating on a task and may not be as attentive to verbal messages. Those communicating should ensure that they have the receiver's attention before sending a message. When possible, departments should strive to keep background noise to a minimum. Conversations and music are two noises that employees can control. 
Roadblocks to effective written communication include using information that is unclear. This can cause confusion and cause technicians to interpret or guess the writer's meaning. Guessing incorrectly can cause errors and frustration for staff. Written communication in the form of procedures, process changes, and IFUs can also cause errors and frustration if they are unclear or difficult to understand. All communication must be clear, written at the appropriate level for the intended reader, and contain all necessary information. Now in the article there is a figure and that figure provides an example of two versions of a note addressing a staff reminder to inspect rangers. The first note is vague and the second note provides clear information about what is needed. So for more information on that, check out the article, figure 1.1. Sometimes personal grievances can also lead to ineffective communication. Emotions can cloud the receiver's perception and cause them to rush to judgment. For example, every time a specific surgical team member calls for an instrument or supplies, she says the order is needed stat. The receiver may reduce the level of importance of the request because that person always requests the priority. There may be temptation to say, all of her requests are stats. She doesn't really need it stat. These types of judgments stem from poor communication and can put patients in danger. Nonverbal communication can also create roadblocks in work areas. For example, if a technician asks another technician a question and that technician answers the question and then rolls his eyes, the message is clear even without saying a word. You should have known that. It is likely that in the future, the questioning technician will no longer ask questions. Because of this negative nonverbal communication, it can create an environment where all forms of communication become damaged. Objective three, list strategies to improve communication. Many communication issues can be prevented or resolved with a little effort. Both senders and receivers need to understand and follow good processes for communication. Some suggestions for improving communication include create an atmosphere that is conductive to effective communication, reduce background noise as much as possible and establish a protocol to ensure that receivers acknowledge they have heard the messages directed to them. Create a positive atmosphere by encouraging politeness and discouraging negativity during exchanges. Using please and thank you can set a positive tone. Discourage sarcasm and any types of communication that can be constructed as harassing or mean-spirited. Standardize communication. Assign a place for posting notes in each work area and a place for posting departmental notes. Initial each note so the reader will know who they can ask if they have a question. Assign a date to each note so it can be removed after a prescribed period. 
When notes are left up for months, readers lose interest in checking newer notes and the area may be ignored. Communication can also be standardized through inter and intra-departmental huddles. Improved methods to communicate urgent messages, better notification systems, and assigned follow-up when issues arise. When a group works together to identify issues and resolve those issues, communication is improved. Standardized terminology, slang, nicknames, and jargon can slow communication and contribute to errors. Most departments know how confusing an instrument nickname can be to a new employee, and most departments work to reduce that unnecessary confusion. Sterile processing departments can also add to the confusion for their customer departments when they use slang or jargon. For example, if someone from surgery asks when they can expect a specific tray, and the answer is, it's in the cooker in phase three, there can be some confusion. However, if the answer is, it's in the steam sterilizer, going through the drying cycle, and it should be out and begin cooling in 20 minutes, the caller has a much better idea of the tray's actual timeline. Ensure communication reaches all intended receivers. Ensure communication is made available for all staff members who need the information. Since many sterile processing departments work varying shifts, as well as weekends and holidays, communication should be provided in a clear and concise manner. Receivers should have the information they need and a means to ask questions if needed. Word of mouth is not the first choice for messages that need to be conveyed to multiple shifts because the message may be worded differently or the senders may forget to convey all of the information. Tone of voice or nonverbal forms of communication may reduce the importance of the information being delivered. Written messages with a method to follow up are the best choice. Educate staff. Like all other skills, communication improves with practice. Staff education time should be used to discuss methods to communicate clearly and in a positive manner. Ways that communication could be improved should be identified and a process should be set in motion to enhance communication issues. Skills should be taught that enable staff to handle difficult communication situations, such as an upset customer or coworker. It cannot be assumed that everyone automatically possesses these skills to communicate clearly and professionally or to function in a difficult situation. Enhanced listening skills. Sterile processing departments should also focus on developing listening skills in all employees. Listening in a noisy, busy workplace is difficult. It is also difficult to focus on a message when a complicated task is interrupted. Listeners should acknowledge that they understand the message and ask questions if they do not. It is critical that all sterile processing staff have good listening skills. Now in conclusion, some communication challenges in the sterile processing department cannot be avoided. However, sterile processing professionals should address the challenges they can 
impact, and be constantly aware of the dangers of other challenges. Good communication among sterile processing professionals and with sterile processing customers reduces errors and frustration and helps create a positive and professional atmosphere. Well, that music can mean only one thing. We're out of time for today. I hope that you can apply some of the communication techniques we have read about today and make some improvements within your department. So these are great articles, great information to look back as resources for your sterile processing department. HSPA episode number 76 is in the books. To receive the CE for this episode, simply click on the link in the episode notes, log on to the MyHSPA website, and make sure to use the code NONVERBALCOMMUNICATION. Again, the code for this episode is NONVERBALCOMMUNICATION. Now remember, keep an ear out for the next episode always on the 1st and 15th of every month. Each episode's on demand, so when you're ready for us, we'll be there for you. And as always, stay classy, and we'll see you next time.